going on, everyone? We back with another one, all about the data podcast. We got another special guest in the building. Y'all already know how we do it, man. We want to appreciate everybody that's tuning in. I see the numbers going up on the Spotify and Apple and the YouTube Discord going up. Everything going crazy. (laughs) So we gonna have the guest. I mean the 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 co-host go in. Hello, everyone. This is Jafar Campbell, aka Quant KJ. And he talks nothing like that, y'all. He's just doing it because we got a London guest in the building. You know, I mean, you get me. <laughs> London things. <laughs> um, okay. So let's get started here. All right. Your voice is malfunctioning. My voice is malfunctioning. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so brought to you guys today from London. This is imported. We have Cheyenne, and she is a she is a small island girl with big dreams. She left the Caribbean island of St. Lucia to pursue an integrated master's degree in astrophysics. She also graduated in 2020 and is now using her love for numbers and problem solving in the fintech world as an analytics specialist. She supports investment professionals in their use of financial data and analytical software to develop innovative solutions outside of work. And Cheyenne is still very active in the astronomy community as an international speaker, mentor, and science communicator. <clears throat> Did we get that down? Did we get that Amen. down, Cheyenne? Just about. <laughs> that, was, that, was nice, that was a nice little bio brought to you by Quant King J, aka Jafar. Yeah, anything else you would like to add on to that? Yeah, Cheyenne, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let the people know what you want them to know. All that good stuff. Yeah, so hi, everyone. I'm Cheyenne Polius. I'm born and raised in St. Lucia. Uh, just had to move to the UK to do an astrophysics degree, as we mentioned. I'm currently in fintech, but I still call myself an astrophysicist in fintech because, you know, astrophysics is my first love. Um, I'm actually co-founded St. Lucia's first National Astronomy Association, so I'm the president of that now as well. So I'm kind of a mix um, in the tech world, but I'm also in the astronomy world. I'm, you know, just I just I'm just a woman in STEM, and I'm just really happy to be here today. So thank you guys for having me. Thank you for coming on. No yeah, thank you for coming <laughs> so on all the way from London. Right. So uh, you know, I, I want to go to London one day. It's been on my list. What I really like about London is the buildings. Like I would go just to see mm-hmm. the building, just to take a picture and be like, "I'm in London, y'all." London <laughs> on the track. <laughs> no, like That's that. exactly why I moved there. It's like everywhere looks like a castle. Like that was my number one mm-hmm. reason coming to the UK. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that in Canada too, though. Like, like a little. You ever been to Canada? I have. It's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, it is cold. Though. That's why I left because it's too cold. No, it's too cold. Man, you say you like the cold. Get out of here. Don't play with nobody. Yeah, not that cold, though. Maybe like (laughs) Chicago cold. Yeah. But your background is like pretty unique. Like, what made you into astronomy? Like, what drew you into astrophysics? Uh, I think I've just always been a a curious child. I was a nerd. I was a big nerd. I spent my whole childhood like reading, watching documentaries. Um, And I remember being glued to like the Discovery Channel and National Geographic Channel and space documentaries were always my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that I would learn so much from them, but also it would leave me with more questions. Like there's so much more to learn about the universe. So by the time I got to school, I got to high school, started doing science. 
realized that physics was the like the underlying science when it comes to astronomy, like that they use physics concepts to explain what's happening in the universe. And I thought there's a whole subject, there's a whole field to just study everything in the universe. And being someone who's curious, who wants to know how everything works, what better path to take than to understand how the whole universe works. So I thought that was the thing that just excited me the most. And I, yeah, that's why I say I'm a small angle with big dreams because I thought I want to be an astrophysicist and I went for it. And looking back, it's like, damn, that was brave. Like there was no one around me who did anything remotely close to mm-hmm. my degree. Um, no one around me who even even when it comes to like a hobby, you know, stargazing, those kind of things that, that just mm-hmm. wasn't happening in St. Michelle, which is one of the main reasons I started the Astronomy Association. They didn't, we didn't have those outlets. So there was nothing really around me to push me. It was really just mm-hmm. me saying, that's what I want to do. I'm grateful enough to have supportive parents and friends who are like, well, yeah, you, you like science. So we believe like, if you say that's what you want to do, then, then go for it. And I think also I wasn't the type of, like I wasn't a child who would change their mind very often. You know, every couple of years, somebody said, oh, when I grow up, I want to be this. And that changes throughout, like, as you grow up, I never had a, when I grow up, I want to be. So when I got to 15 and I said, okay, I want to be an astrophysicist. My parents were like, oh, okay, you've decided what you want to do now. Like, <laughs> good job. That's great. Because I, I didn't change my mind every second. So they didn't doubt that when I said, this is what I want to yeah. do. Like, okay, we believe you. Yeah. That's dope. Did That's you watch, so um, yeah. did you watch the universe at all? No. As a documentary? On, yeah, it was on the history what? channel. Like, when I, I was love a kid, that. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah, I used to watch that all the time too. <laughs> I don't remember to be honest. I don't remember the names of them I just remember like that's just how I spend my weekends like just that's, sitting in front of the tv like just yeah. watching anyone that came on next whether it was nature space like I just sat there watching I was the same way I used to just watch random ones on YouTube like a whole lot like I'll talk about all the different planets and right our planet is crazy things. or the yeah. planet earth that's what it's called planet yeah. earth. you know I, I tell people off of Mars though they don't ever believe me for some reason I'll be trying to tell them like you know you just feel your inner star like you know where you're from <laughs> I, I don't believe Shia I'm glad that you pursued that stuff because I was the same I was just like you I used to watch all that like history and National Geographic and stuff and for some reason I don't know I just never pursued it well I love music so I got really into music so that is just really cool that you know, you kind of jumped in mm-hmm. and said, yo, I'm going to be an astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. Like, because I seen them on TV, but it was like, I guess, because there probably wasn't a lot of black ones there, except for Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's like, eh, okay, that's probably just something that, you know, Caucasian people do or something like that, <laughs> you know? So it's cool to have somebody in the space because, you know, a little yeah. girl could come and she could see you or a little boy and they'd mm-hmm. be like, yo, I could do this too. You know, it's really dope. Yeah, I think I was definitely blessed growing up in St. Lucia because the majority of the population is Black. I went to an all-girls primary school and secondary school, so the majority of my teachers were Black women. So it was never a question of can I do it? It was just if I wanted to do it. And I definitely see that as a privilege now, moving to the UK, doing a physics Mm. degree in the UK where it's majority white men Mm. um, and even like just majority white British men. Like it was a very specific demographic in my Mm. degree. And feeling the isolation from that, I definitely can understand how growing up in a society like that could affect the decisions you make in the past you decide to go down. So I'm sure. just mm-hmm. grateful that I didn't have that experience 
early on. So I came to the UK with confidence like, yeah, I can do this. Like who says I can't? Um, But I realized that's a unique situation to be in for sure. Tell tell them we kick doors down. How long you been in the UK? It's going to be seven years this year. Okay, so I want you to give me your best, before we go to the next question, I want you to give me your best London accent right here. <laughs> Let's do it. I've never tried to have a London accent, a British uh, accent, and I never will. Oh, um, yeah. I, <laughs> that girl said, I'm stuck with my roots. <laughs> my accent is a lot more diluted than it was when I moved there, and that's already annoying me, so I'm not even going to try. To- Does it stand <laughs> out to people that are actually from there? It does. It does. Really? As soon as I speak, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> mm. So I and I'm used to it now. I I kind of yeah. like it. I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is who I am. They know immediately that I'm different, and it's a story. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not from here. So mm-hmm. you know, who are you? You really <laughs> are you from Mars? What planet like, did you come from? Mars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what's up, though. So, um. Another question we have for you was, because um, you're in astronomy, I've looked at it, it was kind of weird that you kind of are like in data and being a financial analyst. So we wanted to ask, does data tie in with astronomy at all? And if so, how? I feel like science is the home of data, like data, like doing analysis in science. My entire degree was data analysis and problem solving. My master's project was me every day analyzing data, writing code in Python, like that was, and that was for an astrophysics master's project. That's how I did my research. So I feel like it's a big part of my background and it's a big part of how physics is done and astrophysics is done, especially since I went down the path of theoretical astrophysics, which is more so, so there's observational and theoretical, observational being people who use telescopes and take pictures of you know galaxies and stars and things and theoretical is more people who use simulations computer models and they actually either create a data set or gather some of the telescope data and try to figure things out from it so that was a big part that the the analytics and the kind of data aspect of my job now wasn't a surprise the finance part was a surprise but going into Hmm. something that was along the lines of a data analyst or data scientist or anything along those lines that's what I knew that's where I knew my transferable skills would play the biggest role because that was that's how physics is done so for physics did you have to like learn um like python or programming language or anything like that Yep. So I had to do Python for specifically for the astrophysics part of my degree, because that's like you can't be an astronomer without using some kind of maybe not a programming language, but some kind of analytical software. And Python is one of the like it's a really powerful language and it's really easy to learn. Mm -hmm. So like relatively. So it's, it's one of the most popular programming languages in the field. So we had to learn it because even the people who use the telescope, they use Python to analyze the data and reduce the data and, and figure out, like get their results from that. So yeah, it was, it was a compulsory part of my degree. 
All right, Cheyenne, I'm coming to you for Python training since you said it's <laughs> relatively easy now. You got to be my tutor now. got to run some sessions. I mean, I got through the degree. I'm not saying I'm an expert. <laughs> but a lot of people say that, though. That is very simple. You know, yeah. I, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I, I mean, I, I've started. And it is kind of straightforward, honestly. It's not mm-hmm. terrible, like, compared to, like, C++. Cause, like, oh, my God. C++ is, like, freaking terrible i'm like dude what <laughs> variables are these like this sucks <laughs> man c plus plus is easy i don't know what y'all talking about. Fine. this guy here guy fine. <laughs> but what like what 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 got you because there is something that you said um that i think you said the uh astrophysics um the finance was the part that i guess caught you by surprise what like attracted you to the financial part like the finance part and needing a job <laughs> Um, <laughs> if we're being completely honest, um, but I think I've always been interested in the finance side of things and the business side of things, because I remember when I was in secondary school, I, although I was in the science class, I did extra classes for me to do, um, business courses, so like bus- principles of business and economics. And I was always kind of interested in that side. Cause when you think about it, like that's in a way that's the kind of how the world works, you know, money makes the world go around. So I always had a, a, an interest in that side of things. Um, so when I found the, my job that I have now, when I found the job description, I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity to learn more about it and learn how things in the finance industry actually work because I came in on a development program. So if you have the technical skills, they teach you the finance. If you have the finance knowledge, they teach you the technical skills. So it was a perfect place for me to kind of get my foot in the door just to be able to learn more about the finance industry. Um, but also I already had the transferable skills on the tech side. So I thought, okay, this is going to be something that I enjoy doing because it's what I've been doing, the whole problem solving aspect of it. But I get to learn about the stock market and all those things that, you know, you keep mm-hmm. hearing those words, but if you're not, don't take the time to learn it. They can just be random things that people the people yeah. in finance talk about like instead yeah. of everyone talking about become like a trend yeah I, I i i get that so um so piggybacking back off of that uh being that you know they like data and being a data professional is like the new hot thing like we like the new doctors and nurses out here you know still oh, wow. to the doctors oh, and nurses, <laughs> nah, i'm just Thank saying you. but um, <laughs> but like not not to like people are just now starting to learn about all the roles even within data right because it like each tech um field has like so much things within it and uh it was interesting coming across your job title as an analytics specialist um i never seen that so what is it that an analytics specialists actually do like what's your day-to-day like yep so my if I had to give my job title something that's a bit more representative, I am an analytics consultant. Um, so analytics specialist consultant, essentially the, the like business unit I'm in, we're the ones who are supporting the clients using our software. So my company has developed software and they also provide financial data, whether it be their own proprietary data or their uh, means of getting data from a vendor um they have that act like they give clients that platform to access the data and access the tools they use to analyze 
their things and their fancy things in the stock market. So their portfolios and their returns and make sure they're making they're making money where they want to be making money. And there's a generalist consultant role that needs to know everything about what their clients use, no matter what part of the finance world they might come from. But the analytics specialist side of it, so I'm supporting the analytics products on the software, which deal more with more of the analyzing the data. So some some clients will just be be pulling data for just to be able to talk about a company and their performance. So you know, people who do their research on how well companies are performing, but my clients would have people's money that they have to manage and invest and they need tools to be able to analyze those numbers, see those trends over the years to um, be able to decide to make decisions on what they want to buy, what they want to sell, how they want to continue. And those are the more advanced products that my company offers. So my team specializes in those products, some of the more um, complicated financial instruments. So just things that are that that don't come across in the normal stocks and bonds. Mm. So it just it just kind of brings it on another level of analysis. And you need to do a lot of detailed analysis to see exactly which stock is performing well and over what timeline. So those tools are a lot more advanced and bring in a lot more of the data analysis aspect. And I'm my team and I'm the one kind of specializing in supporting those clients with it. So that's why I say it's an analytics consultant because I'm kind of working with clients to help them make the most of our software, make sure they do what they're supposed to, like they, they can do what they want to do, see opportunities where a product might be beneficial to them. Um, but doing that just for the analytics product suite rather than just all across our platform. Mm-hmm. Are you learning about stocks in, in investing? I'm learning. I'm learning from day one. Like I've been learning. That's one of the like in our in the development program. A lot of the classes were why do people even invest? Like what mm-hmm. is the stock market? What's the whole big fuss around that? And then working with clients. And my clients are institutional clients, so there are people who work in investment banks, insurance companies. So it's not so much like the retail investor. Mm-hmm. But you still learn the terms and you still learn how things work through that. So definitely learning. Okay. And then what type of tools do you um, use in your role? Like, are there tools to kind of like predict the market or like, uh, can you expound on that? Yep. So one of our most popular tools or what like you widely used is like a portfolio analysis tool. Mm-hmm. So it will look at all of the stocks bonds whatever that a client has in what a portfolio and so you could it could separate that into sectors you could separate that into countries and it can mm-hmm. give you the returns for those like was the securities like the blanket term for stocks bonds and everything so it can give you those uh how well those have been performing and you can get different data items so you can mm-hmm. get returns you can get things like risk so how risky is it to invest in a stock like that and that tool you have tables you have charts you can you can do custom groupings so it's just a very detailed tool to just have clients to get all the insights they need instead of just having all of their securities and like all of the pricing data just laid out they can actually form it into like different visualizations that can actually make sense to them and also be able to report that to their clients because they're responsible mm-hmm. for other people's money. Got so, you. Yeah, that's, that's one of the tools that's, yeah, 
Yeah, you guys I'll, provide. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just wondering. Um, did you guys provide data for U.S. equity markets, or is it just in UK? It's 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 so my company is global. Okay, mm-hmm. it's all over. So my my team is the UK team, and we support UK clients. But I also support um, what's called like our strategic client group, and some of so they're some of our biggest clients. And because they're so big, they're multinational. So mm-hmm. while I'm focused on the UK and we have a UK focused team and a Europe focused team, sometimes there is some overlap. Sometimes I do work with US consultants and and my, some of my clients, even in the UK, might be investing in the US stock market. So we need to have the information about that. So mm-hmm. yeah. how long did it take oh. you to learn those uh, software? Right. Like- uh, so our development program, the first seven weeks was about learning how the platform works. On a basic on a basic level what the applications are uh, the whole development program was about eight months in all and i would say i'm still learning every day <laughs> uh, i think every question that comes at me from a client is like oh i've never seen this before now i need to go find out what they're even talking about i spent like last year learning about options trading options Mm-hmm. And I understand how to trade options, like put, call, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. the problem comes in with me is like, what is the market going to do? And it's nice to hear that there's a software that kind of give you a guide as far as predicting the market, because at the end of the day, it's your money that's on the line. So mm-hmm. that's that's nice to hear. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, I think predicting the market is still very much in the hands of human brains at this point, even if all mm-hmm. of our fancy tools, like mm-hmm. they can get the numbers but they still have to use their own expertise and try right. to, they try to see their own patterns because our platform gives the numbers, but a person would know like, okay, there might be something happening with the, in the news or in the news, right. Always the news. <laughs> and we have, we have news as well. That's something our company provides because that's a huge part of being able to predict if somebody's gonna decide that somebody's gonna throw a nuclear bomb across the world or something that's gonna affect the stock market so so i feel like the predictive aspect is still very much down to people and that's people's entire jobs not the clients i support so much but Mm -hmm. we the tools do help they definitely kind of break down Mm -hmm. the numbers in a way that you can say okay and we also have like a back testing tool where you can see over the if you had your portfolio in maybe like 2005 how well would it have performed like okay. so yeah it does give so, you insight. question um because i day trade so but i mainly do like technical analysis and i'm moving into the more quantitative realm and stuff and we have something called like spike heat where you can subscribe to monthly and they have like excel data sets which will basically give you all the financial data sets for um different stocks, futures, bonds, whatever the case may be. So um, for that, do you guys, do you guys have like technical analysis tools or are you mainly doing quantitative finance? Like as far as like mean regression strategies and those type of things. So I'm my, in where I am, it's more so quantitative finance and like asset management, but we do have a trading division. That's why I say like we go across there are tools for everything. Like it's a finance technology company. They support the whole realm of the finance world. Um, okay. But I'm just in that little portion that's stuck mm. with the, 
the That's point interesting because I night trade, so I'm still trying to find what's <laughs> going on and move. It's not yeah. night trade. Yeah. <laughs> market open, you going you market open, and it, if something happens overnight, you it's, you it's, night, it. it's you nighttime out, here, but it'd be daytime somewhere else. So I I oh, night okay. day, I night day trade. I night trade here. Jay, exactly. I don't think it worked that way, sir. Just <laughs> 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 if something happened at two a.m., you going to be screwed at eight. Right. So Cheyenne, so earlier you kind of mentioned how like um, an intellect specialist and a data analyst are kind of like the same thing. Um, is there any differences between those two roles or those two titles? Yeah, so I wouldn't say it was the same thing. I would say that my the clients I support, their roles are probably more aligned with being a data analyst because mm-hmm. they're actually taking the data and getting insights from it, doing data visualizations and our platform and our data just helps them do that. So I'm mm-hmm. also in a support role, uh, like I say, a consulting role. Um, but having my background that is more so data analysis and being interested in the data analysis side, I think I've kind of positioned myself where I get to learn a lot about what they do, which is really interesting to me. So I would say the it's... In a, in a consulting role, it's as close to data analytics as you'll probably get because of what mm-hmm. my clients do. But I would say my clients are probably the ones who are, they're not so much financial analysts, that's a different bracket, but they're the ones who would be doing tasks that are more aligned with like a data analyst. So do you, do you plan to like convert to a data analyst, like go full force with it? Don't tell my manager. But- no, nah, you got to block this from the manager. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna LinkedIn have to profile. like find a way to like maybe I don't know to like not share this on LinkedIn because I feel like everybody I work with has me on LinkedIn and they're gonna listen and be like she's trying to leave um <laughs> I am definitely interested in a data analyst role uh, that's actually what I'm looking into like my next step um just seeing the work that my clients do it's it's uh, it's very exciting um and kind of being in a support role it kind of feels like you just, just feel like you have like a glass door. It's like, I'm seeing you using all these cool things and you tell me about what you do, but it's only for me to help you fix what's broken. It's mm-hmm. not so much for me to actually get in on the fun. Mm-hmm. So. The fun too. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand, but it's a stepping, it's a stepping stool. And you know, any manager that I care about, they play, they're going to want to see right. them progress, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it'd be good. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you don't want to just stay stuck. You still young, you still got a whole future ahead of you. So, you know, that's good that you want to like elevate and, and you know, it's good. At least your background is going to play a big role. You know, like once you learn some SQL and a data viz tool, like we do on power BI. Gotta love SQL. <laughs> right. Um, even though I'm a Tableau fan, but you know, pick a side. Tableau J, that's what they call me. Tableau mm-hmm. J, that's the that's the alias name. But you know, I feel like once you once you get those two, you know, you could kick some doors down real quick. Like you probably mm-hmm. step into the interview, they're gonna see your degree, your background, be like hire her. Why are you interviewing her for? You're wasting your time. Bring her in. That's the goal. I'll be at Tableau definitely on the list this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. big facts. You learned that. I think you're gonna be good to go. So, um, mm-hmm. oh, Steph. um. Sir, I know that you said you use Python with your job and everything. And I know that there's a side to trading that does machine learning. So I want to know if the, are you studying any machine learning or have to do any of that for your job? 
I wish. This is what I mean about like how it's like my clients will be doing that interesting kind of kind of work. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the whole, I feel like the whole finance industry is getting more into programming, machine learning. There was always an aspect of programming, but I think it's becoming more um, widespread into like a lot of different roles when it comes to programming and machine learning. So we, I don't use Python for my day-to-day as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the the kind of platform that we have that uses Python is fairly new and it's like rolling out the clients now. And again, even if that, it's like I'm in a supportive role. So if the code breaks, if the client doesn't get the data they're looking for, that's when they come and they say, help me fix it. Um, okay. So that's that. And machine learning, yeah, I feel like I'm not learning anything right now and I'm not. it's not part of my job now, but we do have um that part like a, a product somewhere i'm not familiar with it but we might have a product somewhere that does machine learning because it's a part of the finance yes. world now um but again yeah my clients would be i don't think i have to understand the machine learning that's going on in the background to be able to support the product because they make all these products as intuitive as possible for the ease of the client so i would like mm. to learn machine learning but it's not something i'm doing right now so why do some of them why do some of them like kind of like because i know some traders they just use python and they'll probably make like a quick script an algo with just python and then i have traders that also use python with machine learning and other financial models um or other financial analysts that study just using python and machine learning why have they been incorporating machine learning like what is the benefit to that or something Machine learning is the future. Like we teach them what they can do work for us. Uh, I I don't know exactly the reasoning behind it in the finance world per se, but just from my experience and how the direction I see like finance and the fintech industry going, it just seems like a natural next step. Mm-hmm. It just seems mm-hmm. like if we as human beings can go through all this data to be able to predict, to be able to know when to buy, hold, sell, how can we like, can we teach that to a machine so we don't have to be the ones stuck glued to the the charts all day, you know? So I see that as a natural next step. I don't, I mean, not to not sound confident in technology, but I don't see it replacing the people who do that anytime mm-hmm. soon. But mm-hmm. we get to a point where it's helpful to just get get the robots to do the grunt work and then people have more time to do more innovative work and like, you know, break, like do more groundbreaking work and stuff like that. So I just see it as a natural next step. If it, if you can get something else to do it, then why not? Right. See, now I want to ask you if you think the robots are going to take over the world, but. No, because I can't predict the news. The news is like, like you can, you can have a, somebody reading the, like for me, I feel like reading the charts is the hardest part. Like I can understand Mm -hmm. what the concepts, what's happening, but then like the chart is like, and then throw in like either positive or negative news or no news at all. That is what unfortunately directs the price. And so that's when it's like, well, a robot can't predict the news. Like if you, if there was a way that you can input the news, like, oh, something positive happened. Oh, something negative happened. Oh, nothing happened. Like that would probably be the most accurate reading ever. I feel like they're working on that though. I feel like text, text analysis and like that kind of stuff is definitely something I've seen pop up. It's not in, well, I don't know for all of the finance firms, but it's not something that's, being used widely because like you say it's, it's kind of finicky it's not really yeah. 
It's not, you yeah. can't really depend on it because a robot can't tell. Like you can tell so much from, from body language, from how the reporter said the news, like how <laughs> they, you know, so many little things yeah. that kind of influence yeah. the message you take away compared to just the words. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but they I have to, you never know. They'd have to be able to like relate like the expression of, oh, this stock, mm-hmm. the CEO just leaves, then compare it to the data of, how well the stock is already doing their balance. Are crazy. I have a, I have a secret. I have a secret to tell you guys. Are you guys ready? Ready. Yeah. Are you a robot? I am a robot. <laughs> and you guys are talking about me. I'm Cheyenne. I don't already, appreciate so. it. <laughs> it's all right. Cheyenne, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> we are saying that you are the future. Yeah. yeah. I'm nothing against robot. You're gonna kill us all. I'm, I'm, going to, <laughs> I'm going to the lab to talk to my robot partners about this. <laughs> well, I haven't said anything this whole time, so remember that when you go back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I am, like with, with all that being said, like, do you see yourself staying in fintech as fintech continues to evolve, or are you trying to go into combining your astral love with with data? I mean, Astro, Astro is always going to be my love. I don't think I'm going to get away from that anytime in my lifetime. I think I'm definitely ready to stay in tech. I don't know mm-hmm. if it will be fintech, um, but definitely tech, definitely data analysis. Um, actually, being kind of my, my head is kind of turning towards like UI, UX design. I was like, oh, that seems kind of cool. No, you can't leave us. <laughs> Not yeah, is important. that's important because how do you feel about me that is important you can't like, leave us we need you in the data you could do ux you could do ux data there you go yeah, yeah UX data <laughs> for sure <laughs> so i feel like at this point the world is my oyster i'm just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what i like i mean i'm getting some good work experience my work environment is amazing i love my colleagues it's been great so far mm-hmm. um so definitely tech for the foreseeable future. I just don't know if it's going to be. I feel like I don't, I'm not so much attached to the finance world, um, mm-hmm. more so the, the technical side that I enjoy about my job. So I wouldn't be first whether my next job is in fintech or if it's in just regular tech or some other, you know, medical tech. I don't know. There's lots of different um, yeah, brands. Yeah, a whole bunch of different fields. Well, I, w- I want to ask you an off-topic question really quick. Um kind of touching back to your astronomy love i got i got two questions one it's gonna be um what is like the goals or ambitions you have for your organization cool so luna is what we call it so st lucia national astronomy association it spells out luna which we're very proud of because luna the moon like yeah mm-hmm. oh uh, so my there's two sides to what I want Luna to be the first one is to be that place where people like me people people like who I was when I was growing up in St. Lucia have that place to come and connect with others who have that interest since I started Luna three years ago we have probably close to 70 members and other people who have expressed interest just because they're like whoa I've had this hobby for so long and I didn't know there were other people in St. Lucia who were also interested in this stuff or like, whoa, you're an astro, you're a what? Like <laughs> you can actually do that. Like that's a degree, that's a job. So just that as a base level of having that place people can come, connect, ask questions. So 
what our mission statement is a place for science, space and science enthusiasts to connect. So whether it just be someone who wants to look through a telescope or whether it be someone who actually wants a career in space to just have that place to come and share that and ask questions. I think that's mm-hmm. so important and was so needed in Tenusha. But there's also another aspect of it that's a bit more technical where it's raising awareness of the benefits of space technology to St. Lucia, because a lot of the time, just generally, when people hear of space and astronomy, they think of SpaceX and Elon Musk and, you know, Virgin mm-hmm. Galactic and going to Mars and all of those amazing, amazing initiatives, very interesting, you know, like just cutting edge technology, very exciting. But the majority of space technology is satellites, where you get your Wi-Fi, you know, where you get your Google Maps, like the weather satellites that tell you it's going to be negative 20 degrees in Canada. Like <laughs> all of that is made possible through that space technology. And that's like a big part of the space industry that doesn't get on the news because it's not as exciting. And that's the part that I think is so crucial to any country, but specifically Caribbean countries development. And I want to bring that at the forefront. I want that to be in the in the room where all the politicians are making the discussions and their plans for the future because we can't just sit back and wait for the bigger countries to figure things out mm-hmm. so got you so that. yeah yeah make sure y'all go follow luna make sure y'all follow cyan mm-hmm. on twitter and all that good stuff so my next off-topic question before we come off the commercial break and get back to the show is why do you think people confuse astronomy with astrology <laughs> yes because oh, they were doing that every time in the movie so funny tell them your birthday they think they know your whole life i'm trying not to get triggered trauma wounds I think people confuse astronomy and astrology, one, because they sound very similar. Like the naming doesn't really help at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so people hear the word like all through the, the both words and can easily think it's the same word because it's not doesn't sound that different. But going into the actual context of it, I think astrology is very widespread and it's very commercialized. It's very much something it's horoscope, zodiac, everybody knows what a zodiac sign is. Everybody knows about horoscope. It's something that I've known. Like, I'm a Libra. I identify as a Libra. Even if I don't believe in astrology, I'll say I'm a Libra. Um, so I think that aspect of it is, is very popular for and any and everybody would find it interesting because it's, it has that kind of fortune-telling thing. Like, oh, if you read your horoscope, you'll know when you'll fall in love and you'll know who's compatible <laughs> for you. And that's things mm-hmm. people always want to know because as human beings, we're curious. We want to know. We want to know the future. We want to know who we are and what our personality is supposed to be. So like trying to find answers through astrology, it's very exciting. I, I indulge every now and then. If my horoscope pops up on my Instagram, I'm going to read it to be like, oh, I'm going to fall in love next year. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I also feel like astrology and astronomy came from the same place. They used to be the same thing a very long time ago until... Mm-hmm. Astral. So it just, it started off with people just looking at the sky and trying to figure out the different patterns. Eventually, they realized the phases of the moon, certain constellations. They realized they were patterns. They realized at some point it came and it disappeared. And eventually, it started recording 
when it came and when it disappeared and then they realized oh this happens in regular intervals why is that mm-hmm. so that's been astronomy is the oldest science that's been how human beings have lived since they've been human beings yeah. um and then eventually once they realized they could predict some of those things with equations and they actually were they they realized that they could actually apply science and math to those predictions that's when it kind of branched off and astrology kept its thing of looking up at the constellations and trying to draw conclusions from what you could see in the sky at a certain time of year and astronomy became okay how do we use math and physics to predict what's going on in the universe and eventually telescopes were invented so that took things up a notch because now we don't just look up at the night sky now we can see so much more and answer so many more questions that we couldn't before so i understand why people kind of think it's the same thing and i understand the confusion it's just a little a little bit frustrating when people it's not that people are confused it's when people assume it's yeah. when i think oh i do astronomy and they're like oh what's my what's this constellation what's my zodiac sign and i'm like yeah. just ask if it's the same thing and then i'll tell you no it's not um yeah, that, that's why i asked i remember i seen one of your posts i was like i gotta ask her i liked it i liked your video that you broke down on um, on stars it was amazing everybody should go watch that video on her twitter right now and then come back to the show here stop, um, stop dragging the people away from the from the podcast it's a call to everyone action. just come over to my to my platform yes, it's a call to action for our guests to <laughs> oh my gosh got to do all this multitasking c- coming off the commercial break we appreciate it commercial break we thank you for tuning in all about the wait 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 real quick i just oh, though wait, we're pausing right right we're going back right to the commercial break we'll to show in just a minute. <laughs> so cheyenne wait do you believe in a little bit of astrology do you give it some weight do you like it or you just think this uh it looks like it's a no for me <laughs> that was that facial expression really I I wouldn't make any major life decisions based off of my horoscope. I'll Love say that, that much. Love it. So I think there's a place for astrology. I mean, mm-hmm. like it goes a lot deeper than I even realize because there are people who are astrologers. Like that's what they do. They go deeper and mm-hmm. deeper into it. So mm-hmm. for all I know, they're onto something that I know nothing about. And in the next <laughs> 10, 20 years, it might pop up that, oh, wait, there's actually you know some basis to it but i will always say that astrology is not science that's that's just my that's where i draw the line like when you start trying to compare astronomy and astrology one is evidence-based one is not um i mean they they can say that they have their own evidence like oh but look you're a libra and like you're like someone who likes to keep the balance and keep the peace that means astrology is correct like (laughs) or maybe i'm just someone who likes to keep the balance and keep the peace so I would just say that yeah, I I indulge and I don't think I think I think it's harmless, um, but just don't make any major life decisions based off your horoscope. Please. All right, we finally got it from an astrophysicist. I appreciate for I appreciate <laughs> breaking that down live for the YouTubers and for myself and for Jafar because he was getting astrology and astronomy mixed up and we was trying to tell him she's that was you. What the hell? <laughs> what? Boy, don't play with me. <laughs> That was that one that way. Okay. But I wanted to ask what advice um, would you give for people that starting out in your field? Um, 
who probably want to become a data analyst, but probably look at your field as more like an easier entry level point. Uh, what advice would you have for them? Like, where should they start? So getting into being a data analyst or getting into like a consulting role? A like, consulting role. Um, I would say, what advice do I have? Um, I feel like if it's a foot in the door, if you have the skills that are suited to a consulting role and you feel like you would learn something that can help you on your journey, because I feel like the experience I'm getting now, the clients I'm working with have definitely exposed me to a range of different roles that would be interesting to me. So if you you don't quite have the skills to be a data analyst and your skills are more suited to consulting, uh, definitely go for it. Um, that's, that's what I can say in terms of that. If you want to become a data analyst and you don't want to go into consulting, <laughs> but you do have a skills gap, like work on just work on that skills gap i feel like if you know you want to be a data analyst i go straight for it don't you don't have to this isn't i don't feel like this is so much so like a step towards being a data analyst i think it just happened that it worked out that way and with my background i'm like okay i guess i would actually find this this more interesting than what i'm doing now so my advice would just be if you know what you want to do go for it Okay. Okay. That's that's, that. a, that's an interesting perspective yeah. too. I like that. I like that. If you know you want to be a data analyst, what you need <laughs> a analytical consultant for? Go straight for yeah, the data. Why? Analyst. Like yeah. I ask myself that every day. But like why? Do, do, you, do you use Excel though? Like, uh, not so much in my day to day now, but definitely before uh, in the development program. So I use a lot of Excel because a lot of our clients build out Excel templates. Mm-hmm. um so I did use it a lot before but my clients now are more in the kind of you know the portfolio management and stuff I was explaining earlier they're more using those kind of a more advanced tools compared to Excel but I do have a lot of Excel experience okay and then I love this question what advice do you have for people who haven't experienced financial education in their youth based off of your work experience and what you've seen start learning okay like (laughs) youtube university there are podcasts there are books there are instagram pages there there are influencers who talk about their investment portfolios and they don't give financial advice you you always have to pay a financial advisor to give you personal financial advice but i feel like right now there's no excuse to not learn like there's so much free information available even if you have to buy a book the book might cost you $10, but it might make you a millionaire in the future. Right. So I feel like you don't have to have a job in finance. Like my job definitely opened my eyes to just the finance world in general. But a lot of the stuff I'm learning about investing as a retail investor, I've learned from YouTube University. <laughs> like YouTube yeah. is, your, is your friend. I have, and I eventually started buying personal finance books and like get a lot of it is self-learning like I said my my clients are people who are making money for an institution not for themselves Mm -hmm. so I can't take there's not so much that I can take from them apart from learning the jargon and learning more about how the stock market works but as a retail investor it's all been self-learning and I feel like now is the best time to start learning especially with crypto and the metaverse and all that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. nobody seems to understand there is information out there and there are people mm-hmm. who are putting out a lot of information i got a love-hate yeah. relationship with crypto 
I'm not gonna lie. I'm still, I'm still building. I'm still building yeah. to that it. I, I think I like stocks mm-hmm. better. You ever read yeah. Rich Dad Poor Dad? Uh, it's on my list for this year. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it's a very short read and it's, it's packed. It's one of those ones you might have to read again, but it's short. So they have a game. It's called Cash Flow and you can play it online, but they also have a board game. And like the object of the game is to like you pull cards and then you get deals or whatever to bring in money. So the object of the game is to, quote unquote, get out of the rat race. So you have to essentially bring in more than your liabilities. Like at the beginning, you pick a job that give you an income and like you roll you roll paradise and every now and then you'll have some something crazy happens like you got to downsize you get it you have a kid or anything and that all changes your monthly um like your monthly overall payments but yeah it's a good game it's like oh in that game i can get out of the rat race i can make my income be more than my actual outcome costs so that's that's a good read when like it's i think i recommend that for somebody that just getting started um mm. robert kiyosaki's um rich dad poor dad and it comes it's like a game online too sometimes i play that to kind of like de-stress that or the sims sims <laughs> <Damn>, so life. <laughs> yeah i read a really Speak. good book oh sorry no I was, gonna, well, I was actually gonna ask you that what book would you recommend since you said um like since you recommended books so i read a good a book called black girl finance you know, okay. uh, it's it written by a UK author. Well, she's she's producing Lucian. You know, shout out to C. Lucian. But <laughs> um, it's it's a really good book for an overview of money. So it teaches you, like, well, it gives you an overview of managing your money, paying off debt, investing, investing in real estate, the stock market. Like, it just kind of gives a broad overview of how you can build wealth in general. And the, mis- the common mistakes that we make when we're younger because we don't know any better. Like we didn't, maybe our parents didn't know any better. Like we didn't have those examples. We didn't have that financial literacy in our families or in our mm-hmm. communities in general. And I think mm-hmm. it's a great book just to give, just to kind of, I think it's a good starting place because if you have student loans, or if you have whatever, it kind of goes through every little aspect of that. And then from that book, you can decide, okay, I've now learned ways I can pay off my debt that's what I want to look into more or I've now learned a little bit about the stock market that's what I want to look into more so I think that's a really good book um, and they have a podcast too if you're not ready to buy the book they have a free podcast black well free if you're paying for the platform Spotify Apple podcast um, called same thing black black girl finance and it's written by a UK author so when it comes to investing some of the investment accounts and stuff are catered to the UK but a quick Google search, you can find like the comparable ones in mm-hmm. whatever country you're at. If you're in the Caribbean and you're listening to this, um, I think Chrissy Combs 93, I might be having her Instagram name wrong, but she's a Grenadian who talks about um, investing and has an ebook for investing in the Caribbean. So if you live in the Caribbean and want to invest in the Caribbean stock market, she has that as well. Like I say, there's so much, so much information. Um, you can go down the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, appreciate that because I actually live in the Caribbean, so that should help me out pretty well. well Boy, I fool, you know. Oh, so Shia, any, any, um, well, first and foremost, you said to say you were into the stock. I wanted to know if you like day traded or swing traded or are you just long-term investing and if you do have any stock market ideas and we will make a disclaimer that this is not investment advice or any type of thing so that uh um, 
I'm a brand new investor. I only started a few months ago and I'm very much on the side of being a long-term investor. Mm-hmm. Um, have mm-hmm. enough stress and anxiety in my life to think about trading. <laughs> um, <laughs> so right now I'm a long-term investor and I'm very interested in learning about more about crypto and stuff like that. Even if I'm not, you know, deep in it yet, it, it does seem like, it seems like there's something there. I feel like everything that pops up that's new is always going to have skepticism but mm. when you really like the older I get the more I realize everything in this world is pretty much made up so why can't we just make <laughs> up a whole new universe like why not yeah yeah all of our cultural norms and everything all that's made up who says it's rude to like do a certain thing somebody said it was rude so now it's rude like everything in society is kind of goes by a set of rules so mm. the concept of the metaverse as well that, that it didn't shock me at first so Mm. Right now, I'm definitely a long-term investor in the stock market, mostly um, less so crypto. But it's I'm just I just want to put my money somewhere, let it grow, for until I kind of you know, I'm in a position where I have more time to look into maybe look into trading. But mm-hmm. definitely yeah. not. You should look into yeah. um, index funds. Index funds they'll be your best friend. I have some of those, and I put money in it and just forget about it and let it stack up. Yeah. Okay. And when you're ready to day trade, let me know because I teach people how to day trade and swing trade. Don't be a day Stress. trader long term. Long term. All the way. Options. Long term. Long term. I like long term options. Yeah. I guess I'm impatient. Like, Equities markets. If y'all want to trade every W or this L and put it behind me. Like being a night trader is less stress. I'm a trademark night trader. Trademark. Go Like, how do you night trade? If the market. You Can night I, trade I, by don't trade. That's oh, I was about to say because the market value would change between in the closing in the morning. So if you like make we a gonna, decision, we're gonna, we gonna start our own market. All about yeah, I mean, market. lucky we're gonna oh, sit down. Wow. There's some strategies. Definitely. There's definitely. some strategies. I'm, I'm here. Right. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so recommend this book. <laughs> Let me see. Um, I have a, I have a nice. Okay, yes. About, <laughs> I have a question about um, so earlier you're talking about how your teachers were black women. And in St. Lucia, you had like a lot of people who look like you. The support was um, real thick there. And then you went to UK and it's a little different. Um, so how did you manage that culture change, I guess you should say? I think I was definitely m- mentally prepared for it. And I'd been mm-hmm. mentally preparing for it for a long time because I knew that one way or another, I'd have to travel for university because St. Lucia doesn't have a university. And once I decided, well, we have an open campus, but we don't have a an actual university campus. Um, so I knew I'd have to travel. So I knew I'd have to leave home. So that was already kind of set in my mind. Then once I decided on astrophysics, uh, the University of the West Indies, our regional university, they don't have that. <laughs> they have physics and they have medical physics. And I was like, I want to do, I don't want to do plain physics. I want to do, I want astronomy to be like a big chunk of, of my degree. So I knew, okay, I have to travel to US, Canada or the UK. So I think I'd been mentally preparing for a long time to move into a completely different place. Um, and at first, I was excited. I was like, it's a whole new world. All the places mm-hmm. look like castles. This is the best thing ever. I have unlimited data. I have next day delivery. Like, it's those little things that kind of got me excited. But I did realize that over time, I did feel a lot of imposter syndrome and I did feel very isolated because it was a different culture. It was somewhere that I didn't quite belong 
even if I felt like I have the seat at this table, I'm capable of doing the degree, everything around me just kept screaming at me that I was different. I was a woman in STEM. Mm-hmm. I was a black woman in STEM. I was an international student. I just kept getting all these badges, all these labels that made me feel like you're different. You're not the typical person who does this thing. And I wore them as badges of honor. I was proud. I was like, if I have so many barriers and I'm still making it through, then I'm really mm-hmm. proud of that. But it did take a toll eventually to be like, wow, I actually, I love my degree and I love that I'm meeting new people. But sometimes I really just want to be around people who get me. I'm tired of repeating my name. I'm tired of explaining where I'm from. I'm tired of all of the questions and people people ask and I'm happy to answer, but people don't ask to learn. Like if I tell them once, they're going to forget the next day. So it's like mm-hmm. you genuinely care about getting to know like where I'm from yeah but yeah. I will say that I feel like if you do have to move into a completely different culture and a completely different environment doing it through university or through education is probably the best way because there are support services for everything at university finances mental health disabilities everything so I definitely felt supported throughout my degree any problems I did come across there was somebody out there being paid to help me so mm-hmm. I got through and I it wasn't a bad experience I really enjoyed my entire degree experience um and I wouldn't trade it for the world but there were times that I was like damn I just want to go somewhere and eat some Caribbean food and this took some Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's just the way I want to be right now uh, so it did feel isolating at times and it was exhausting being different and trying to not so much trying to fit in, but just trying to be in a place where you're comfortable or you're not making other people uncomfortable. Like that was just exhausting. Um, yeah, what you know about- what I'm going to start doing when people say, when people say, where are you from? I'm going to start saying I'm from the same planet you from. Is mm, <laughs> that soon? Yeah, you're not from this planet. Got here. Oh, <laughs> uh, Cheyenne, real quick. Um, why the UK and not US or Canada? Mm. The UK had the bias of I had family here. So my dad used to live here when I was um applying for university. He's moved back to St. Lucia now. Okay. But he was here. Um, and I do have some family members on his side of the family that were here as well. So that even if I wasn't my university wasn't in the same city that they were in. It was just that little safety net of like, oh, my daddy's going to pick me from the airport and he's going to take me shopping. And like mm-hmm. that, having that aspect of it definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Canada's too cold. Um, and they're not big on... Canada has really amazing schools and they have really amazing physics programs, but I find they weren't as big for astronomy. Like the US or Europe were like the top two. Mm-hmm. Well, the US obviously the top one, but... I was never really keen on moving to the U.S., not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, to be honest, it wasn't really an option, even if it was the the best option, arguably, because, you know, NASA and everything. But mm. as a country, I never was really excited about the thought of moving to the U.S. And it could just just been my own ignorance. Like, there's 50 states. Like, there must be somewhere that I would like to live, right? But mm-hmm. at the time, I just didn't know enough. I was like, I have family in the UK. It's a really pretty place. I'll just go over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to do with the social justice issues that we have. Yeah, that too. 
Oh, Paul. Okay. So I got a, I got a question for you. This is an interesting question, and we're gonna get ready to wrap it up. Um, how do you feel about SpaceX, Elon Musk, all of them? How do you feel about it? What's your thoughts on like everything they have going on and the satellite program, <laughs> the Wi-Fi? I am always like wary answering these questions because. <laughs> I feel like there's so many different sides to it. Like there's the astronomy mm-hmm. community who was pissed off at Starlink because just lots of lights in the sky. It's interrupting observations. It's going to cause a lot more light pollution than there already is. There's the general population who's like, you know, F the billionaires. Like, and then there's people like me who's like, science is so cool. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's me. I'm on that side. Everybody be hating. It's so exciting to see people like really pushing the boundaries. And I feel like I feel like there's room for everything. I mean, maybe not avoiding the light pollution that Starlink is going to cause. I'm probably have to stick to the astronomers on that one. But Mm. generally, I feel like there's room for the innovation that we're seeing with like SpaceX and, you know, Bezos and all the stuff that they're doing. And there's room for solving the problems on Earth. And there's spaces where the two of them like coincide mm-hmm. so a lot of the stuff a lot of the technology we have on earth now and a lot of the things that have solved problems for us on earth were things that they were learning while they were developing space missions were things that they were learning while they had to develop certain things for astronauts to survive in space so i don't see it as one taking away from the other i actually think space exploration is beneficial to life on earth and i also don't see it as space exploration taking away from the pro like the allocate the money that's being allocated to what's going on on earth because the people who are putting their millions and billions into space aren't the same people who would put their millions and billions into world hunger or climate change like there's more than i think there's more than enough money it's just getting it to like go around and the science nerd in me is very excited about the things that happening and how we can just learn more about what's out there and the mars missions and everything so i'm really excited but sometimes i just don't talk about it because especially on social media because i feel like there's a lot of room for people to be like oh you're supporting someone who doesn't even pay their employees and you're supporting someone who and i'm like you know what i don't come on to for drama i just want to talk about space and go about my life so yeah exactly you try to focus on just what the what they're with I'm yeah. excited for that James Webb telescope. I'm waiting. Listen, I'm hyped. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm hyped. I seen they just focused it and they got like this little first shot of the photons and stuff. I'm like, bro, just take the picture of the exoplanets. Let's go. The pictures are not going to come until June. So it's going to be a long wait for the first picture. But it'll, All be, right. it'll, be, it'll be June tomorrow now. No time be flying. <laughs> but this, uh, this, this conversation is so good. We're going to have to bring you back on, Cheyenne. We got just one more yeah. question for you. We definitely gonna have to bring you back though. Um, so you know, with all that you have going on currently, uh, with everything that you want to achieve and everything, like what with, with the position you're in now, what would you say is next for you? That's what I'm trying step? to figure out. Um, um, I'm in this place of I call like 2021. I was joking with my friends. I was like, 2021 was a year of changing my mind. Because I changed my career path so many times. Like every month, I was like, okay, this is definitely what I want to do. It's definitely where I'm going to be. <laughs> I love that. I'm the same way. 
right now um at this very moment i can't speak for how i'll feel tomorrow but i think the next step for me is a data analyst role that's what i'm aiming for this year um and then eventually possibly ui ux design because i do find it very interesting mm-hmm. but we'll see how that goes yes don't you know, don't listen to him <laughs> yes you, get, no, you, get, you know you one thing i one data, thing man. i realized you get stay clarity data, on what you don't want to do when you just do a bunch of different things you mm-hmm. get clear yes. on what you like yeah. and that's what i'm embracing now i'm embracing that okay i've done this consulting role not for me. I love people and I love talking to people, but maybe not about finance. Again, <laughs> I really hope none of my colleagues are listening to it. Right. <laughs> but well, you know, we got a, we actually got um, both sections. We have a UX section in the Discord too. So uh, I do support UX, you know, but I'm all about data. That's why we all about the data, baby. Hey, I think the creative, the creative aspect of it is definitely what's catching me because I'm a, I'm yeah. a crafty girl. I love doing arts and crafts. So I think mm-hmm. combining that with the tech, like that's what's appealing to me. Like being like yeah. a web designer, I'm like, this is, this is amazing. I didn't realize this was a job until recently. So yeah, that's kind of why I'm like, but there's a bigger skills gap. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put that on the back burner for a while. Let's see what I can do now. Um, mm-hmm. To get more into the data space, more into the tech space, more away from the finance space. Um, so that's kind of short term, next three to five years. Yeah. Eventually, I see myself as the female DeGrasse Tyson. Like, I want to be a science communicator. That's kind of my my big goal, my big dream to just inspire everyone. Like, everyone just do science. Come on. You know you want to. Like, <laughs> to the science <laughs> Be that Ooh, face science be first. Y'all don't steal my. Uh, I don't want to see science first nowhere on Twitter. Yes, and, unless you tag me. Yes, the science. You need science. No, science. I said science first. Oh, like the data verse, metaverse, science first. Science first. Mm-hmm. That sounds. That sounds like a vibe. No lie. So, <laughs> but, data is really science, but data is science. That is what's the before you get to hypothesis, you have to analyze. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like collecting. Right, now, little scientists, y'all out here. Okay. <laughs> Lucky, lucky. I am. We'll say that thing you say. You coming on? You know, like I said, we definitely gonna have to bring you back on again. Um, yeah. You know, in the in the near future, see see what your pro- progress is looking like. You know, see how your boss is pushing you to be greater after he watched this interview. Like I heard your interview, and girl, you know we support you. Go ahead and be the biggest. They would. They would be. They would be super supportive. You know, I just okay. don't want them to feel like you know, like. <laughs> not personal that's my only thing i don't have to feel like it's them it's not them <laughs> the actual job <laughs> like the work that I have <laughs> but my yeah, colleagues yeah. agree like I felt, I felt the same way too but um yeah you know you definitely enjoy your evening we're gonna get into our tech titan part of the show where we just you know we show love to the ones in tech knocking kicking doors down you mm-hmm. know providing resources for the people so we're gonna pass it over to shanice who we got for this week's Tech Titan. Can I get a drum roll, please? So okay, Cheyenne. Okay. <laughs> so our Tech Titan for this episode is Kanika Talver. Um, if you're active in the Black Tech community, uh, Black Tech Twitter community, or if you're just even passing by, you've probably been in a space where she hosted um, a Twitter space or she was a key speaker. Um, she gives great, very informative career advice. Um, and here on the show, I'd like to think of her as a motivational tech speaker. Um, she has an awesome book out, Career Rehab, 
um, where she helps you create the career of your dreams. Um, she also provides a career service, which is also called the, Cre the Career Rehab um, Academy, where you can sign up to receive online coaching, um, attend her monthly webinars, get access to her digital career resources, and more. Um, so we're going to link her Linktree page and her Twitter account in the show notes. So be sure to follow her and show her some love. Awesome, awesome. Big shouts to Kanika, man. We'll get her on yes. get her on here soon too, hopefully. <laughs> but yes, y'all make sure y'all follow all the hosts. Make sure you follow Shanice. Make sure you follow Jafar. Make sure you follow Lucky. Follow all about the data. Make sure you follow me at Data J in Tech. And make sure you follow our special guest, Cyan. Cyan, <laughs> shout your Twitter out so they can know. My content is Cheyenne Pool use everything, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. So there you go. Make sure y'all connect with her, support her, okay. tell her that you watched this podcast and you were inspired by it. We Why appreciate all y'all tunes, all about the data. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe to the Spotify, the Apple, all that good call to action stuff that you know we do at the end. It's all about the data, baby. Join the Discord. What you waiting for? Peace. Peace. Rip off your camera. <laughs> <laughs>